What's going on, guys? This podcast is sponsored by Real Team Realty. That's right. I auto-sponsor this podcast. If you or anybody you know would like to buy, sell, or invest in real estate, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram at underscore TonyV2. That's at underscore TonyV2. Thanks for listening. What's going on, guys? Welcome into another episode of the podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining me. Guys, today I want to answer a question that I got on Instagram that presents a difficult situation. And I kind of want to explain a little bit about the backstory because I think that it's a situation that when you find yourself in that situation, hopefully you never do, but when you're in that situation, you got to know kind of what to do and what everything means, and what's the best way to go about things. So I got a DM from somebody who is going through a divorce, all right? They're going through a divorce, and there are multiple properties that are owned by this person, all right? And so uh, she has, again, multiple properties, and she asked me a question, and the question specifically was, I need to transfer the, she gives me the address, property over to my ex, He's not currently on the loan. It's just my name. Then she goes on to say, would this count as a sale? And I would have a tax liability in the future. Could this be a property settlement? And I just transfer the mortgage to his name or how could this work? So this is an interesting dynamic. And I've talked about this in the past where, you know, Utah is a state that allows for one spouse to own property and the other spouse to own property, and they're not mixed. So they don't have to both own the home like in other states, states like California and some other states where if I'm married and I purchase a property, then my spouse is automatically 50-50. They're automatically in there and they have ownership. Utah is not like that. And so in this situation, there are a couple of key points that we have to take into consideration. And the first one is that he is not on the loan and he's not on title. So the property legally is not his, regardless of if they're married, it doesn't matter. And so there are usually two ways to go about this. Number one is if there is an agreement that is reached outside of court. Now, for more information on these kinds of deals and transactions and divorces, you always want to talk to a divorce attorney. So I have to give my disclaimer that I am not a divorce attorney. I'm a real estate agent. So whatever situation you're in, or if you know someone who's in that situation, the number one person that you would want to talk to is indeed your divorce attorney to see how assets are going to be split up, if someone has a claim to something or not. So that's the first thing that you should do. But having experience when it comes to property and how that is handled and how, you know, sales between family and transfers happen, I can comment a little bit on this particular scenario. And so the first thing that we have to realize is that he is not on title. So if he's not on title and he's not on loan, he doesn't have any ownership in that property because the the, the state of Utah allows it to be that way. So, you know, she was asking if she could just transfer it over to his name, just deed it over to him. Now, she would be able to do that if there wasn't a mortgage. Now, if she does that and she deeds it over to somebody else and she is removed from title and there's a mortgage in her name, then the lender, the bank is going to consider that a sale and they're going to call the debt uh, due. 
That's something that's called a due on sale clause. So when that happens, essentially, uh, the, the lender says, okay, if you are no longer an owner in this property, I have a stake in that property. So, and we have an agreement, you and I, owner and lender, I lent you money to buy this property. You can't just give it to somebody else because you owe me money. And so that's what the due on sale clause implies. It's that they see that as a sale and they call the entire amount due basically right away. And so in this particular case, it can't just be uh, deeded and passed on to the ex-spouse. So there are two ways that they can do this. Number one is they can ask their lender if the lender will allow a mortgage assignment. Some loans allow mortgage assignments, others don't. Some, some, some lenders call them assignments, others call them assumptions. There are different names for it. But basically what that means is that if that is the case, then the spouse, the ex, the one receiving the property has to go through the lender's pre-approval process. So they still have to qualify because the lender has to make sure that they can, that they have the ability to continue to make payments. So they're still going to check their credit. They're going to check their income. They're going to check their debts. They're going to check everything. And uh, if they qualify, then they can allow for that mortgage assumption or mortgage assignment, depending on what they call it. But not all lenders allow that and not all loans allow that. So that would be the easiest way because in that case, then there is no due on sale clause because she deeds it over to him and the lender allows for him to pretty much assume the mortgage and continue to make payments. Now, if that isn't an option, if the lender says, no, I won't allow you to do that, which a lot of lenders won't allow you to do that, then the only way to, to go about this is through a sale. So she has to sell the property to her ex. Now, when it comes to this scenario, I've seen it go multiple ways. She mentions that she is concerned about the tax burden. So she's concerned about the tax burden. She doesn't want to have a tax liability. And whenever we talk about taxes, obviously, you have to talk to your accountant. I am not an accountant. So again, the disclaimer, your accountant is the person that you want to approach when you're talking about tax liabilities. What I do know is that as we've talked about in other shows, there are two basic requirements that you have to meet in order to forego capital gains tax. Number one, and this these apply if you're talking about your primary residence, okay? If you're talking about an investment property, then the only way is through a 1031 exchange, but that's a little bit more in depth, so I'm not going to go there. If it's your primary residence, okay, primary resident, meaning you live there, you sleep there, that is your address, then number one, you have to have lived there for at least two of the last five years. That is prerequisite number one. Prerequisite number two asks your marital status. So if you are single, then you cannot sell the home for more than $250,000. A lot of people get confused here because the confusion is that you can make up to $250,000 in profit tax-free. That is not the prerequisite. The prerequisite is if you're single, you got to sell it for under $250,000. If you're married, you got to sell it for under $500,000. So the IRS will forgive up to a purchase price, not a profit amount of $500,000. 
So in this case, those are the questions that she would have to answer, right? Was it her primary residence two of the last five years? Is she married or single, right? And what is the property going to be sold for? Which what the property is going to be sold for is the next factor. I've seen it go two ways. Number one, it can be sold at market value. If it's sold at market value, then the buyer, in this case, the ex, ex-spouse, then has to be able to qualify for whatever loan amount it is at market value. If that's $400,000, and he has to qualify for a $400,000 mortgage. And then if there's profit there, then sometimes it can be divided up. There are different things that can be done. And again, you want to ask your accountant if there is a profit then how much you would have to pay in taxes. So I'm not going to sit here and give a set percentage amount because honestly, it doesn't really exist because everybody does their taxes in a different way. Are you a W-2? Are you a 1099? How do you do your taxes? Do you do them separate together? Do you have an LLC? Like there's so many different factors when it comes to taxes that that's not a question for me to answer, which is why I always say you have to, have to, have to talk to your accountant and have an accountant that you trust that can guide you through these tax situations. And so um, that is option number one, to sell it at market value. Option number two is to sell it at what she owes the bank. Now, if she does that, then there is no profit. And if there is no profit, then there is no tax. Another common misconception, and you can confirm this with your accountant, but if you don't make any money, then the government can't tax you for money that you didn't make. So tax is on income. It's on money that you receive. They're not going to tax you on money that you didn't receive. So if your profit is essentially zero, then there's basically nothing to tax. Does that make sense? So if there's nothing to tax, then there's no bill. There's no liability. And so that would be the other option. So my recommendation to her was basically, hey, you know what? This is what I know. Uh, this is the way that I have gone about these situations in the past. And so what you want to do is, number one, you want to talk to your accountant. Let him know kind of what you're thinking. Uh, I sent her the value of these properties so that she could kind of know what I think they could be sold for at market value. So she has that info. So the recommendation was you got to talk to your accountant. You got to make sure, you know, that these are the rules that I know, but I'm not an accountant. So you got to, you got to check that out. If you have a divorce attorney, I would also consult with them. Let them know what you're doing. Now, if everything checks out and everything is good, then you have to make that decision. If you're going to sell it over to him, or if you're just going to do a mortgage assumption. Now, what you have to remember if, if you're the seller in this case, is that if you choose to sell it for what you owe, then you're potentially giving up a lot of money in equity that you have gained over time. So you have to be at peace with that decision. And I have seen cases where that is the agreement, right? The agreement is, all right, I'm going to deed over the property or you get to keep the condo or the house or whatever. And it's at market value. And so I give up that equity because if she sells it at less than market value, she's leaving money on the table, money that legally belongs to her because she is the owner. He is not. And so that is a difficult conversation and you just have to make sure that you understand everything, all these factors around what you're doing, why you're doing it, what are the agreements, 
the tax implications, the legal implications, is a lawyer involved? Is this going to be in right? Like there are just so many different things that you have to consider when you're going through a divorce. But it's a very interesting question because some people have the idea that I have a house, I can just give it to someone else. And the answer is no, you can't just do that. You could do it if you owned it free and clear. In this case, she has a mortgage, so the lender has a stake in this property. So you can't just give it to someone without them being paid what they let you borrow, essentially. So I wanted to jump on and make a quick little podcast about that because I think that is very important. And it's a situation that when you find yourself in there, uh, you didn't plan to be in that situation. Nobody gets married to get divorced, but life happens. And so when life happens, it helps to kind of know how things work or know what to do, what not to do. And so again, the most important thing is to have good professionals in your corner. That's what I always tell people. You got to have good professionals in your corner. If it's a lender, if it's a real estate agent, if it's an accountant, if it's an attorney, whoever you need, that's, that's who you have to have in your corner. And you got to make sure that everybody does their part. Again, I am not an attorney. I am not an accountant. I can comment based on my experiences, but I am not that. In the same way, an attorney could probably comment on the real estate market. Of, you know, they probably hear stuff, an accountant as well, but they're not realtors. So everybody has to kind of stay in their lane. And if they can do that, then it works out. But again, it's one of those unfortunate situations uh, where something happened and now it needs to be resolved. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. It means so much to me. If you like this podcast, share it, pass it on. Find me on Instagram, underscore Tony V2. Shoot me a DM. Until next time. Thank you.